This episode of the Weekly Standard Podcast is sponsored by The Great Courses. The Great Courses brings engaging video and audio lectures presented by top professors and professionals on a wide variety of subjects to your fingertips. And now, for a limited time only, The Great Courses is giving our listeners an offer of up to $90 off the original price of four courses within the Everyday Gourmet series of instructional cooking courses. Choose from Essential Secrets of Spices and Cooking, Making Healthy Food Taste Great, Baking Pastries and Desserts, or Making Great Meals in Less Time for only $9.95. This great price of $9.95 is only available for a limited time, so order today. Go to thegreatcourses.com slash WS to find out more. That's thegreatcourses.com slash WS. Welcome to the Weekly Standard Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Graham. With us is Hoover Institution Fellow and author of the book, The Heroic Heart, Todd Lindbergh. Todd, thanks so much for joining us. We appreciate it. Glad to be with you. So I have to tell you, I, when I look out at America today, I see Generation Cupcake, people who are terrified by things, and I'm not making this up, red pencils for marking their papers wrong to standardized testing, to living by themselves in a college dorm. Tell me I'm wrong. Tell me that there still beats heroism in the heart of America today. There is hope, Michael. Uh, there certainly is. And, you know, look, there's no question but that a lot of this uh, dumbing down and uh, offense taking and, uh, oh, I'm a victim kind of culture has seeped uh, deeply uh, into our culture, but I don't think that's the whole story, and I think the other part of the story is important not to lose sight of as well. We do have some fairly heroic characters uh, among us. Uh, yeah, I think, first of all, when you think about uh, the guys who have been fighting our wars over the past uh, 15 years or so, uh, just some extraordinary uh, uh, Americans uh, who've really been willing to you know, sacrifice uh, in the name of doing things for us, for our country, for our way of life, etc. This is all very real and is not negligible. Uh, in the second place, I mean, I, I think the representative hero in a way of the modern era is the 9-11 firefighter. Uh, I think when you look at what they do, what they did that day, I mean, running into a, a burning skyscraper when everybody else was running out the other way, they knew that they were not having a good day and that it was probably not going to end well. Uh, yet, they felt obliged. Uh, and uh, whether out of uh, their training or their sense of camaraderie with each other or the fact that there was a, you know, there was a heroic heart beating within them mm -hmm. that said this is what they wanted to be doing. Uh, and uh, I, I think you know, we should probably, in a way, stand in awe of this kind of a commitment. You also see it, you know, the three guys on the train on, on the way to Paris, uh, the three Americans who sort of jumped up to intervene and stop this, saving God only knows how many lives. Uh, Chris Mintz out in Oregon, you know, throws himself uh, into the into the mix. He was already he was already too safety. Uh, he wasn't in danger of the gunman. He turned back, headed in, pulled some alarms, tried to show people a way to get out safely, tried to hold the door shut against the shooter, ends up shot five, yeah, five or seven times or whatever it was. You know, I mean, this is amazing conduct. And uh, I say that, uh, you know, we don't have a place in our society for, uh, uh, for the Achilles type because the idea that you would be a kind of great warrior who would uh, uh, excel at slaying your enemies and for purposes of asserting your superiority over others is very alien to us. But this other kind of heroism, this heroism grounded in generosity and in, and in, uh, in the extreme form life-risking, life-giving heroism uh, is, 
is really extraordinary activity and I think uh, serves to uh, acquit us of some of the charges that you opened with. And yet, it is, there's, a, there's an argument to be made that we have the designated heroes and that we have the firefighters 9-11, we have the military, etc., but that the average person in society has given themselves a pass to be an utter gutless coward and i'm sure you're familiar with the brilliant book the deadly virtues because i was one of the authors and so of course todd i know that you have a copy at home and you regularly turn to it in times of darkness but they gave me the chat the virtue that i was assigned to write about was courage yes and it was tragic looking out not just at the idea that not everyone is going to be courageous as you know you might not be if someone is in a classroom with a gun but rather that there's no expectation of courage that the phrase shelter in place has gained currency in the united states the premise that when things are dangerous out there oh no no don't do anything to defend your family cower and hide when police tell you if someone is assaulting your family just call us do not act when people go to jail for example when they defend themselves you know in a fist fight when someone is you know assaulting them their group their family whatever I guess what I'm saying is that's all great to talk about the courage of the people who are designated heroes, but haven't we all, the rest of us, given ourselves uh, permission to be cowardly wimps? Well, you know, look, I think people are very varied in how they respond to situations. You know, I, I don't think everybody is has, has it in them uh, to, to sort of charge the shooter. You know, uh, I think what we need to do is in the first place, we need to recognize this as heroic action, as courageous action, and we need to uh, and we need to promote it. As far as the uh, the, the, the the shall we say wimpier uh, approach to life, the one that says shelter in place, I wonder how long that's really going to last. You know, I, I, I it used to be that when uh, if you if you happen to be on a plane that happened to be hijacked, the your you, the instructions that were to just ride it out, you know, right. go, go, the plane's going to land in Cuba and eventually you'll get off and probably that, that'll be fine. And that worked pretty well up until 9-11. Uh, and you know how long it took for the people on Flight 93 to realize that that was not an appropriate strategy for dealing with the situation. That's Todd Beamer and the guys saying, let's roll and taking the plane back from the hijackers, crashing it, uh, saving probably lives uh, in Washington where the plane was headed. This is, um, you know, yeah, I mean, there's the downside, but, you know, on the other hand, uh, you know, I'm not going to give up on the proposition that we have among us, you know, not everybody, but some number of people who are really willing uh, to take on this this kind of responsibility. Let me ask you, do you think, though, that there's a, a need for society as a whole to promote heroism as an expected virtue, as a virtue that even though we know it's not going to show up every time, we would like to see it. Or is the heroism that you find as you look back and then you draw the line to today just innate that some human beings just have, as you would say, a heroic heart? Yeah. Well, I think it's in a way a, a question worth testing empirically. So in, in the sense that let's um, start by making sure we honor our heroes properly. And uh, I think that's uh, a big deal. I mean, it, it, it mattered, I think, that Reagan in 1982 had Lenny Skutnik, the guy who dove into the Potomac and helped the woman after the plane crash, uh, 
uh, had him in the box at the State of the Union, introduced mm -hmm. him and singled him out for his extraordinary conduct. I think that at a minimum is, uh, uh, is something we can do. But as far as breeding uh, this trait in, in, in the broader sense, it's a little harder. I think your observations about courage are probably more on point. I mean, I think we do need to teach virtues. I think the way to teach virtues is to, is the best way uh, is, to, is to study the virtuous. I mean, to look at people who, uh, the example of people who have actually um, been willing to undertake these re remarkable feats. They're remarkable, uh, you know, not only uh, for our, in our time, but I think in, you know, in a way, uh, in their way, comparable to some of the heroic virtues of, uh, of ancient times right. as well. And I want to conclude with that, by asking you to share some of your favorite stories of heroism as you put together the heroic heart. But before I do, I've got one more uh, challenging question. Have we dumbed heroism down? I, uh, for example, have no problem compunction saying, oh my gosh, the heroes who you know, fight in combat, the heroes, who, the police officers who, for example, in the case of the Oregon shooting, ran into the building not really knowing what's going on. But we've reached a point, I've noticed, Todd, where everybody gets to be a hero basically just by showing up, if you know what I mean. You know, a guy who, a, yeah. a ticket, the, guy, the, the, the person who hands out tickets, parking tickets, is a hero. Have we dumbed down heroism by calling every person in a uniform a hero, regardless of their behavior? Well, that is a question that I really wrestled with, because uh, I was trying to come, to come to an understanding of what and how we use this term and why we use it. I mean, for example, if you ask people who their heroes are, uh, they'll often tell you, well, I had this teacher, you know, who got more out of me than I ever thought was possible. And I, uh, uh, or I had a coach, you know, same kind of, th same kind of story. And, you know, that doesn't sound quite like Achilles, where, and, it, and it isn't. Um, but I would say that what people are trying to, to say when they, when they, when they say things, when, when they make, when they say these right. kinds of people are, are their heroes, is that you know somebody was generous in some way with me that was sort of above and beyond the call of duty. Uh, you know, they took a personal interest and it had a big effect on my life. So you know, I would in a way connect that to the to the generosity implicit in say the nine eleven firefighter who runs in to try to save lives. Right. Uh, it's the ultimate kind of life risking. Heroism. Now, this, you know, your 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 coach is not that, but that that thread of generosity does run uh, all the way from the the nine eleven firefighter, now occupant of Valhalla, uh, down to people who are willing to you know to do something extra uh, f where they can uh, to help people out or to um, uh, or to or to help bring them along, and and I think that you know in a way it is a broadening. Uh, it, it, it recognizes that heroism nowadays is is undertaken for others and not for the assertion of one's own sense of superiority. Todd Lindbergh, so, the fa your favorite yeah. story of heroism, heroism that you discovered while you're putting together the heroic heart. Well, I think I'm going to go with uh, my uh, wife's uh, uncle, uncle. Okay. Uncle David, David Robbins. He was then uh, an Ocean Township police officer, since retired. It's about 20 years ago, uh, the incident I'm going to describe. And he was responding late at night to a uh, house fire. Uh, it, was, uh, uh, it was actually a, a fire that was started when a candle burnt, uh, cracked a glass table. It was a Jewish holiday. Mm -hmm. um, big family uh, out in, uh, uh, in New Jersey. Uh, and uh, he was the first one on the scene and looked like the family was out, gathered out in the yard. They, they said they'd gotten everybody out of the house. 
but he thought he heard something, Uncle David did. Uh, and so notwithstanding the assurances, I mean, you know, it's the middle of the night, everybody just woke right. up, there's a fire. Okay, so he makes his way, uh, he can't go in the front door that's engulfed in flames. He makes his way around to the back of the house, gets, uh, gets a door open, uh, starts crawling under uh, the billowing smoke above him, uh, and finds 30 feet into this, um, into the, in the kitchen of the house, a six-year-old boy who's unconscious. Uh, and uh, he, he grabs him, uh, and he hauls him out, passes him off to uh, a couple of, you know, by then sure. some firefighters were in attendance, and uh, gets the kid off the hospital. The kid, the kid made, it, made it fine. So he really, and he saved, he saved the kid's life. And uh, when I first heard that story, which was actually the Thanksgiving after, uh, when we were all uh, gathered around the right. table, he told it, I thought, well, this is something. I mean, this is actually the face of what heroism looks like these days. And there he's sitting, he's sitting at the table eating turkey, right? It's Uncle David. He's a regular exactly. guy. You know, he's a, he's, a, you know, he's a good looking ladies man, you know, all that. but he's also <laughs> the guy who's a, you know, a life-saving hero. And I think uh, that really kind of in a way sparked uh, some of this research that I've been, that I've done since. You know, it was a way, it was a way to try to understand how uh, the, the heroism of the kind that he demonstrated fits in uh, with the society in which we live. And the result is The Heroic Heart. The Heroic Heart by Todd Lindbergh. Thanks so much for joining us for this podcast. I really appreciate your time. Thanks, Michael. You've been listening to the Weekly Standard Podcast. Please be sure to check weeklystandard.com regularly for podcast updates. I'm your host, Michael Graham.